This is a podcast from RNIB's Insight Radio. If you're like me, then you'll find it really hard to resist a cuddly puppy. But some of these cuddly puppies grow up to make a really big difference to someone living with sight loss. Yellow Labrador Clover is one of 1,500 puppies currently on the journey to become a life-changing guide dog, provided by the charity Guide Dogs for the Blind. Joining me now is expert puppy training supervisor Jay Taylor with Guide Dogs and Emma, a puppy walker looking after Clover the puppy. And we also have Clover. Hello to you all. Hello. Now, I, I take it Clover's just waving. Yes. She is, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, Emma, first of all, we've got to say Clover's already become a TV sensation, hasn't she? She has indeed. She's uh, She's been on ITVs this morning since the beginning of September. Um, she appears twice a week on a Monday and a Thursday. Um, so, yeah, she's been very popular. Right, tell us a bit about being a, a puppy walker. What, what uh, drew you to this? Because it's a voluntary um, position, isn't it? It is a voluntary position. Um, it's something that we discussed as a family. Um, we were considering getting um, another dog of our own to go with our own Labrador. Um, and I'm not sure how we got onto it, but we decided to sort of, you know, start sort of looking into um, the idea of puppy walking for guide dogs and decided that it was a really positive thing to do and it was something that we'd like to go ahead and do. And, yeah, we've, we've never looked back. It, it's a lovely job to be doing. Um, Clover has been with us since she's seven weeks. Um, she's uh, now with us till she's 12 to 14 months old. And yeah, we're getting used to the sights and sounds of the world, um, taking her through her basic obedience training. Um, and yeah, she's just, she's growing up and she's a pleasure to, a pleasure to have with us. So talk us a bit through um, a, a day then with you and Clover. Um, the, our days vary. Uh, a lot of the time it tends to be whatever I'm doing with my day as much as possible I will include Clover so it's all the sort of mundane things like you know, if I'm going into town I'm doing a bit of shopping um, she'll come with me um, and if I'm perhaps going for coffee she'll come with me and do that I'll take her on buses and trains uh, obviously um, she goes into this morning studios twice a week so she's she's into London um, so yeah she's got used to a lot of the sort of hustle and bustle of sort of London life um, we go out and do things with other puppy walkers uh, so she gets used to sort of being around other dogs and sort of training with other dogs and then there's days where we just sort of go and do all the fun things like sort of go to the beach or up on the downs and you know she's out sort of free running either sort of on her own or with other dogs as well It's hard to imagine how a dog that's so playful then becomes so responsible doesn't it? It is. I mean, obviously, yes, she's a puppy and she's well and truly enjoying her puppyhood. But uh, um, already, I mean, you can see that she is such a good girl and uh, she is going to make somebody such a beautiful guide dog eventually. But yeah, yeah, she's got lots of growing up to do first. So how far through her journey of training then is she? Uh, Well, she was six months old on Saturday. uh, So really, she's now about halfway through her sort of puppy walking stage. Um, So it's a lot of, you know, from my point of view, just sort of repeating and sort of reinforcing, you know, what she's already learnt. um, And just growing her up a little bit, really, so that she's then ready to sort of go into training and learning to work on the harness. And Jay, volunteers, they make such a a big difference, don't they, to, to the work that guide dogs do? 
they make a massive difference uh, and a massive input for us. Um, people like Emma, our puppy walkers, um, give our dogs the best start that they possibly can. Obviously, people that volunteer and fundraise for us and board puppies for us or older dogs for us, all those kind of things. We couldn't achieve what we achieve without the volunteers that we do have that work uh, and help us out. Can anyone become a puppy walker then? There is a criteria that we have. They have to have access to a garden, um, which needs to be fully enclosed. They have to have the time and the commitment to be able to get the dog out, much like Emma does every day. We don't like our dogs being left for any more than three hours um, at any one time um, because we like them to be very people orientated. So, you know, it would be people that aren't at work, that have the time and the commitment to get the dogs out. But they can be families, they can be retired people. Anybody like that that just um, is happy to put that time and effort in for us, um, obviously work the dogs along the lines that we need them to do to become the successful guide dog at the end of the day. Um, and obviously one of the hardest things um, they need to be prepared to do is to give the dog back up to us at a year 14 months old, which is an extremely difficult thing for them to do. Do you know, I, I think that must be very difficult, Emma, because uh, you know I've known a few guide dogs uh, in my life and... Having to say goodbye to them, even as a working dog, is heartbreaking. How, how do you prepare yourself for that? You can't prepare yourself, really. And obviously, yes, we do get attached to these puppies because I don't think you could do that initial stage of sort of training if you didn't have that sort of bond with them to, to take them through their puppyhood. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, I always liken it to sort of, you know, perhaps sending your children off to university. I mean, I've got two teenage sons myself. Um, and yes, it's hard and there's tears, but you're so tremendously proud of what you've achieved with them and what they're going to go on and achieve for themselves. And when you speak to guide dog owners and realise that the difference that these dogs can make to people's lives, it puts it in perspective. And I think when you see, yeah, when, when you see how responsible the job is and, and what they do and how they take it on, it's just mind-blowing, I think. It is. It is a very responsible job for them. Um, even at Puppy Walk, we get them very used to being handled by different people, uh, working in lots of different environments. So Emma will go and take her Clover to work in lots of different environments. But also at times, you know, the dog may go and board with somebody else that is in a totally different environment to Emma um, and get learn to work in those environments and with a different kind of person. Um, I take them out and work them. So we do lots to get them used to being very, very adaptable and also, you know, not being too overly attached to the puppy walker and willing to work for other people, which obviously then benefits them as they go through their training. And I suppose you've got, you've got to be quite strict as well, haven't you, with, with yourself even? It is. It's all about uh, doing things with the the job for the dog going to somebody with sight loss at the end of the day. So, you know, things that as pet dogs we feel is acceptable, like giving high fives or sitting on the sofa and things like that. Obviously, uh, you know, a lot of our guide dog owners don't like that. The giving of a high five can scratch a guide dog owner, can knock a cup, coffee cup out their hand. So, you know, it's, it's like having a, a, a normal puppy in your house, but with guidelines always keeping in mind the end result of where the dog is going to go to at the end of the day. <laughs> I've never seen one give a high five. I'm quite no. curious now. 
<laughs> well, my pet dogs do it, and I teach them to do it really well. But obviously, uh, you know, the the issue with a cup of guide dog owner with a cup of coffee mm. and a dog that uses their feet, and some of the breeds that we use are very feet orientated. Um, so, you know, they like to touch and they like to to make contact with the handlers. So we teach them to do it in a different way that's still very positive, but it's not going to, um, you know, have a safety implication for a guide dog owner at the end of the day. Who can actually qualify for a guide dog then? They have to be registered blind uh, or um, have some form of sight loss. And then they are assessed by um, um, our mobility teams as to their circumstances, what their expectations are with the dog, what they'd like to achieve. And that then goes down um, a criteria, much the same as I have a criteria for my puppy walker. Um, guide dog owners have a criteria that they need to um, have as well to be able to have the dog. Some people don't have the setup to be able to take a dog in. Um, some people don't want the responsibility of a dog. So again, it's it's very much an in-depth process to check that both parties are suitable to, for, for the, um, the union to take place type thing. And, and all the dogs are, are individual. Is it right that you, you try and match the dogs to the personality of the, the person they're going to as well? We do. It's again at later stages of the dog's training. Then they will look at what standard of work or what level of work that dog offers. You know how fast it walks, how long it likes to work for, what environments it is most most comfortable in, and because of all the um, criteria and the questions and the interviews that the the sight loss person will have gone through, um, they'll have a good idea of what type of animal that they're looking for, um, and those two are then very very carefully matched um, towards the end of the dog's training. And just for those listening uh, that aren't aware of the work that uh, guide dogs do, how much of a difference can it make to somebody's life getting uh, a guide dog? It can make a massive, uh, massive, massive difference. Um, I've worked for guide dogs for a long, long time, and I know of people that haven't gone out of, uh, you know, have lost their sight, and they haven't gone out, wanted to go out of the house. They've been too nervous to go out of the house. They've been fairly housebound. Taking on a dog, giving them that extra confidence, um, actually makes a, a massive, massive difference. And then they start to go out. They find that people then talk to them more because they've got the dog as well. The dog is a very good icebreaker in that kind of way. So it can radically, radically change um, somebody's uh, lifestyle um, and their quality of life. And Emma, you've still got some work to do. Yeah, we'll be continuing on the work that, that we're doing, which is an absolute pleasure to be doing with Clover. Um, she's a lovely puppy to be training. And, um, yeah, like I say, it's uh, a lot of repetitive work, really, with the, what she's doing. Um, lots of things are just sort of keep taking her into different environments, sort of you know, keep on with the training um, and until she's sort of ready to go on to her next phase. But, yeah, it's thoroughly enjoyable. And, and Jay, what, what can we do to help the charity uh, Guide Dogs? Well, there's lots of things that people can do. Obviously, um, we are all uh, fun-based based. So, you know, um, people can look to sponsor puppies or things like that. They can look to help us out volunteering. We do lots of fundraising events, obviously puppy walking, um, various, various different things that people can do to help us. As I said at the beginning, our volunteers are very, very important to us. Um, we They can go onto the website, which is www.guidedogs.org 
www.thepeopleshow.org.uk and that has all the information about you know how they can help us how they can get involved um, as much or as little time as they want to um, and they can kind of find out lots and lots of information there and we are very grateful for um, any help that anybody can ever give us and Emma would you recommend it as, as, a, as a vocation getting involved with puppy walking Absolutely, it's a really rewarding thing to be doing. Well, we wish Clover the best. Clover, I wish you could uh, you could speak back to us, but I- I'm waving to you. <laughs> she's, she's asleep she, at the moment. She, <laughs> and, and she's, my al- life. she's also saying, she's just whispered in <laughs> Emma's ear that if people would like to follow her progress, she's actually, uh, they can find her on Twitter, which is at TM Clover. So all her progress and all her things go on there. Jay, Emma and Clover, we wish you the best of luck and thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this podcast from RNIB's Insight Radio. For more podcasts, check out insightradio.co.uk.